Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio. A student-operated, non-commercial radio station, KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to Cold Facts Hot Takes. In this podcast, we will discuss pop culture conspiracy theories and the cases around them. Today, we'll talk about the Princess Diana conspiracy and our own personal theories. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cold Facts Hot Takes. I'm Kayla Mayer, here with my co-host... Mae McFarlane. What's up, Kayla? You know, we're going to talk about some... Royal family. Tea. Yes. As the British people would call it, tea. Gonna dump some tea into the harbor, man. (laughs) So this is like something that I did not know a lot about coming into this. Like, I don't know. Happened before we were born. Hashtag 2000 babies. 1999, can't relate. Okay, whatever. (laughs) 90s kid. Not even any difference. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we weren't alive when it really happened. But, like, my first, like, obsession with the royal family was, what year was it? Like, 2011, the royal wedding. With Kate Middleton. Oh, my God. (sighs) So good. I woke up at 4 a.m. to watch it. Like, live on, like, PBS. uh, Not PBS. Uh good morning america or Ugh. something was covering it something random mm-hmm. you're committed i was committed <laughs> i loved it so exciting but we're not talking about princess kate we're talking about princess die so kayla educate me since i don't do- know much about this yes so princess diana was the princess of wales she was married to prince charles from 1981 to 1996 um, Prince Charles would be the son of Queen Elizabeth. So he's next in line for the throne if Queen Elizabeth ever dies. Or steps down. <laughs> or steps down. She's she's literally ruled since, like, right after World War II. She's baller. Yeah. <laughs> what an icon. What an icon. <laughs> Power moves only. Power moves. Um. So... Princess Di is the mother to Prince William and Prince Harry then. Mm -hmm. Um, Straight out of school, she became a kindergarten assistant. So she was the first royal to have a job, which is um, pretty cool. And this was pre-marriage, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So she got engaged to Charles in 1981 when she was 19 years old. They'd been childhood friends. And she became an instant celebrity. The media called her Shy Di and then Princess Di. She was known for being graceful, elegant. Um, her fashion, of course, such iconic Icon. outfits. Those um, pantsuits. Yes. So good. She reminds me of the mom from Parent Trap. Mm. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what And I mean. think that like it's supposed to kind of be like her. I don't know. 
I'm making that up. Don't quote me on that. But no, I think it's just like that kind of like cool 90s mom vibe that like, I don't know, pantsuits were kind of out there at that time and they were cool and Princess Diana really like stepped out of traditional fashion for the royal family. And like she's like known still today as like a style icon for that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about. Continue. <laughs> yeah, so um just a little more about her. She supported charities. Mm-hmm. She um really was honest about mental disorders and her own experience with depression and eating disorders. Um, especially with how the media and tabloids came after her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of people are drawing comparisons to Meghan Markle today with um, Princess Diana. Being so vulnerable about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in 1996, they Charles and Diana divorced. Um, they had many marital issues, including infidelity on both sides. She lost her title of Her Royal Highness, but she did receive a huge financial settlement. Get that money. So then, post-divorce, she still had a high profile. She continued her charity work. She was known as the People's Princess. She was a major supporter of efforts to fight AIDS and help end stigmas against patients of AIDS. Um, And then... In 1997, she was killed in a car accident in Paris while trying to avoid paparazzi. And in response, there was an outpouring of public grief. It was a very iconic moment in a lot of people's lives. Like, if you ask people, like, they can tell you, like, where they were when they found out she died. It was, like, that big of a phenomena. Because even, like, here in America, she was still, like, such an icon because she was so normal. And that's why people loved her. Mm-hmm. But they're, her and um, Prince Charles' life, weird. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Yeah. So, May, do you want to go into yeah. a little bit of the information on that? Well, honestly, this would kind of suck. But they had only met 13 times before they were married. Um, spread out throughout their lives. But Charles was, like, old when they got married he was 32 years old and as kayla said earlier she was 19 she later describes that like her wedding day was the worst day of her life um and again as kayla had mentioned there was infidelity on both sides um charles saw um camille parker bowels like they were they were seeing each other before he even married diana um so after princess diana um was divorced formally from Prince Charles. She started dating a Pakistani heart surgeon, Hasnat Khan, from about 1995 to about 1997. And then later on in 1997, after they had separated, she started dating Dodi Fayed, the son of Egyptian billionaire. Um, and they both were killed in the car accident that ended up being the most talked about controversy in the British royal family. Mm-hmm. So... Kayla and I have both said several times now that she is this very, like, important, iconic figure just because of how cool she was. Um, yeah. And we're just going to, like, name a couple of these really interesting things that she did that broke from tradition, like, fashion. Like, we've already mentioned it, but she, like, broke 
every single rule that Queen Elizabeth had about um, formal wear and traditional wear, which like definitely like leads into how Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle are doing their jobs as well princess and is she just a duchess now yeah okay yeah um diana really like kind of broke the ceiling i guess and Mm -hmm. like set the stage for kate and megan to kind of be royals in a modern world well and especially for her sons um william and harry to be like better people um but yeah so some ways she kind of broke tradition she chose her engagement ring from a catalog so it would have been available for public people for the public to it would have been available for the public to order as well which was done a lot of people did it yeah and then in her wedding in her vows she it had been tradition since 1662 Mm -hmm. um in the anglican book of common prayer um it was normal for the woman to vowed to obey her husband mm-hmm. and she refused to do that in her wedding vows which is like really crazy um for the time and like for the anglican church um but something else she did was give birth to both prince william and harry in a hospital when it's like traditionally done in home with a private staff of medical professionals and she chose the two names herself when um, Prince Charles wanted it to be Arthur and Albert, and thank God. Thank you. She chose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> William and Harry. It's <laughs> a close one. Close one. William and Harry, you better be thankful. Yeah, please thank your mother for that. She also sent um, both boys to public school, which was really, really different from what has always happened in the royal family. They did start their um education in the traditional way with a governess at home but she wanted them to be exposed to normal non-royal life to kind of humble them she let them go to mcdonald's ride public transit and go on bike rides which like going outside of (laughs) their gated homes and um areas was like a huge deal just because of paparazzi and there's always a constant threat on their lives Mm mm-hmm yeah, and as we mentioned before, she was a fashion icon. Yes, but we'll we'll keep moving. We've kind of yeah done too much about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she broke tradition. She wore mm. form fitted dresses. Um. She ha- wore nail polish, colored nail polish. Wore yeah. suits formal events, etc. Mm-hmm. Um. We mentioned before she was very honest with the press. Um. She wanted control of like something in her life and she tried to make the paparazzi the one thing in her life that she could try her best to control which i think she did a nice job with Mm -hmm. um she would even sneak out in disguise Mm -hmm. and as this was more prominent after her divorce from prince charles but she was very dedicated to her charity organizations Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, she was always, like, a compassionate and, like, a compassionate risk taker is the best way to put it. Because she basically, she put her whole, like, platform on the line when she left um, Prince Charles. And so, but she continued to, like, use her platform to raise awareness about AIDS. And that was still, like, such a big, big 
issue that was not talked about and she really used her platform for that Mm -hmm. yeah but the purpose of this episode is around her death around the conspiracies with her death Mm -hmm. so let's walk through a timeline of that night So it all starts August 30th, 1997, Paris, Paris. Paris France. <laughs> Diana and her boyfriend, um, Dodi Fade, the Egyptian billionaire, they get to Paris after a vacation in the French Riviera. Uh, they go to dinner at the Ritz, who's owned by Fade's father. And then that evening at midnight, so August 31st now, they leave, they get into a Mercedes. <laughs> And they try to go back to the hotel. They are swarmed by paparazzi, per usual. And their driver, Henry Paul, enters a tunnel at 40 miles per hour over the speed limit, loses control, and collides with a pillar, allegedly. And then Fayed and Paul are pronounced dead at the scene, so the boyfriend and the driver. Diana is rushed to the hospital, and the bodyguard, Trevor Reese Jones, was injured but survives the crash so he's the only person in the car that survives Mm -hmm. and he will later go on to release a book about it so if you're interested in learning more about his experience you can look for that yeah please look into it like you know there's not there's gonna be a lot of stuff that we don't really get into but he'll have some really cool firsthand um like witness stuff and his experience after the the death of diana because he plays a big part in the not conspiracy theories but he plays a big part in the whole event yeah so diana is rushed to the hospital her injuries include a concussion broken arm cut thigh massive chest injuries she eventually passed away from internal bleeding after Mm -hmm. two hours at the hospital um in 2019 so last year dr richard shepherd who is Britain's top forensic pathologist, said her death could have been prevented by a seatbelt. She had a very rare and badly placed tear in her lung that wouldn't have happened if she had worn her seatbelt. So, there's your lessons, kids. But the bodyguard that died, that, excuse me, the bodyguard that lived was wearing a seatbelt. So, we knew where our seatbelts. Buckle up. Buttercup. So the formal investigation into the crash deemed it an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, They said that the paparazzi were not to blame. Um, They said that Paul, the driver, had been driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Um, And later analysis of the wrecked car revealed that it was right before it collided with the pillar. It was struck by a white Fiat Uno and the Fiat has never been found. Which is literally the biggest part of all of the conspiracy theories is where did the fiat go? What happened to the fiat? And Kayla and I were talking about this before we started recording, but this whole case could have been solved. I mean, it was solved, but there'd be less questions if it happened in today's time. Because, like, especially in Europe, they have those, like, 24-hour surveillance cameras happening, and they would have seen where it went right away. Or just even in tunnels, they have cameras 
just so for when accidents happen there's footage but like back back then there wasn't any so there's no way to like really put if the fiat did a hit and run not knowing who was in it or like what really happened to the fiat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so even though there was this investigation and they deemed it an accident people still had questions mm-hmm. so they reopened an investigation specifically into the conspiracy theories yeah. and basically um this investigation found that none of the conspiracies were accurate they cleared the paparazzi they redid blood tests they investigated why uh medical examiners took diana to the hospital that they did etc etc of course people still hold on to these theories that we're going to go into and we also hold on to these theories yes (laughs) no justice has been served I will not deny that. So, shall we get to conspiracy theories? Yes. Okay, so Kayla, it's conspiracy time. The first one that I think is probably the most accepted universally and is personally my favorite is that she was pregnant. It was killed by the royal family because they didn't want her to have a half-sibling, like have another child that would be related to the royal family. Yeah, and it would have been really spicy too because they wouldn't have been married yet. It would have been out of wedlock. Oh, yeah. Um, Forgot about that part. And this conspiracy is actually supported by Dodi's father, mm-hmm. Mohammed. The, the boyfriend. Yes, Mohammed Al Fayed, and yeah, he claims that the royal family didn't want a quote an Egyptian Muslim end quote to be stepfather to the future king, mm-hmm. which is like so hard to like think about now, but think back mid nineties. It's not acceptable, but it makes more sense. But they also didn't want a non-Christian in the family, and so they believed that the crash was arranged to kill Diana and Dodie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was speculation of Diana being pregnant before the crash as well, mm-hmm. and Diana herself even hinted at a big surprise. Um, It didn't come up in our research what the surprise was, so... Baby, maybe. God. <laughs> but this has been debunked by doctors um, when they were doing the... Um, oh, actually, I forgot to mention this. She was embalmed before autopsy, so they couldn't do the blood test. But they, like, took blood from the carpet in the car, and they were... Like, they weren't able to, like, get the HCG from the blood which means like that she's pregnant so there's no sign yeah so but there was not from her body like how do they know that's her it blood? wasn't straight out of yeah it wasn't straight from her body so or anything. there's a little confusion there but i think one it's weird that they embalmed her before the autopsy was done well when you think about it um her injuries weren't unusual for a car accident. for a car yes. accident so they didn't really question the cause of death was definitely the car accident i'm not questioning that it yeah. was just its motive 
yeah over anything it's just and her being pregnant would have been the motive anyways because especially like so not soon after being you know divorced but i think that would have been embarrassing no matter whose child it was for the royal family i think that would have been a slap in the face Mm -hmm. like literally no matter whose the father would be so i think that's a very substantial like theory i think it i think has holds the most like strength in its argument yeah that would have been with how much they stuck to their traditional values Mm -hmm. considering they what we said about the vows that was from 1662 yeah 300 years for over 300 years yeah for something as i mean we wouldn't even think about having a wife vowed to be subject to her husband that's like not cultural norm and i think diana knew that and like respected the tradition but also knew that like she had the platform to like change tradition mm-hmm. so i think yeah all interesting but this next one is kind of wild that she believed she was going to be killed eventually yeah she sensed that she was in danger mm-hmm. which, at all times yeah which came out in a letter that was written by diana and she gave it to her butler for safekeeping mm-hmm. and in this letter she writes quote this particular phase of life is most dangerous end quote and that someone is quote planning an accident in my car brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for charles to marry end quote so this letter was written after her separation with charles it was 10 months before her death two months after her divorce after the official divorce after yes after the divorce became official and the the part that i was very unclear about i knew about this letter before um i like really didn't your research but or even looked into it but i didn't know that charles couldn't remarry if diana was still alive like even if they were divorced he couldn't remarry and so the whole idea behind this is that she had to die for him to socially be accepted to marry um camille Mm -hmm. who he had dated remember before they were even married yes but at the time that she wrote this letter she had been having car problems and had spoken on her fears about them to like multiple people um and her bodyguard that died in a separate accident she thought that was on purpose Mm -hmm. but that's because they were lovers yes let's skip to that conspiracy theory just because i think that one's kind of juicy so barry Mankey, who was her bodyguard for a while but they weren't anymore he was killed in a car accident and she believed that he was killed purposely and when she spoke to like i believe the bbc she called him the greatest love that she'd ever had and then he was killed like after that came out mm-hmm. so t yeah. diana just lived such a juicy life yeah. oh my god unfortunately but so i think her fears were very rational of being killed um it's just unfortunate that like she was so scared her like last like year of her life was like in fear Mm -hmm. just constant fear Mm -hmm. of 
for her life and being constantly surrounded by paparazzi still and yeah yeah it's just really unfortunate The next theory is plays again into the car crash thing that the paparazzi into intentionally that the paparazzi intentionally crashed the car by chasing it and pushing it and just surrounding it, making it difficult for um, Paul, the driver, to drive it. Like he lost control because it was just so overwhelming. Which, mm-hmm. as someone who drives in the Twin Cities. Relatable. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, And there's multiple theories going into this theory of the paparazzi. Um, Either, like, they intentionally crashed the car or, like, a few of them encouraged this environment for the crash. Or the real conspirators used the paparazzi as a red herring for causing the accident yeah so the lines get a little blurred with all of these theories Mm -hmm. but they all play into each other it's all about the car people it's all about that benz (laughs) the mercedes the white fiat the white fiat just don't even get me started on the white fiat but they believe that with all the paparazzi like in the tunnel the light flashing from the cameras blinded paul and so that he swerved and crashed and they believe that that was done on purpose and another sort like person we're going to bring into the equation is richard tomlinson who is an ex mi6 like officer who said that he's like seen a flashing strobe light in his training for the mi6 that was used to disorientate drivers as a method excuse me of vehicular assassination which kayla and i have agreed to take that with a grain of salt because if he was actually mi6 he would not be talking Mm -hmm. he would have been taken out yeah he would not be available to the public Mm -mm. so take that take that as you will we're not saying that that is 100 percent. we're just giving you the information we're just quoting our sources which will be linked in the description yes so something else that kind of plays into this is that paul the driver diverged from the usual route that Mm -hmm. they would have taken from the ritz to their place um where they were staying yeah yeah some people think that the entrance to the turn he should have taken was purposely blocked by mi6 so that he would have had to head to the tunnel um and so that's where like the lights would have flashed he would have swerved hit the pillar um mm-hmm. and something that like really gives into this idea is that like that the press would want to kill her was that like about a year before diana had won a restraining order against her photographer because she claimed that he crashed into her car during a photo op and was like being really aggressive and caused 
like that he like plans to cause her harm like he was like being obsessive and like trying to um physically hurt her Mm -hmm. yeah and then with the white fiat some conspiracy theorists tried to link it to someone named james anderson and who was a paparazzi yeah and they claimed that he was also an mi6 informant um so the recent investigation looked into this and they accepted his statement that he was at home with his wife during the crash and all this stuff about mi6 like literally take it with a grain of salt because none of this is like public information that like this is all um like word of mouth about mi6 because they're more top secret than like our fbi cia like that we have here in america Mm -hmm. so it's you kind of have to take it all with a grain of salt but he was found dead in his car in 2000 and like the police ruled it as a suicide but like there's doubters including um fayed like that he was killed for the part that he played in the alleged assassination of diana and dodi which is a far reach but it's a little too much of a coincidence for my liking. In a car again. In a car. <laughs> was it a white Fiat? Oh, I swear. If it was, I just got chills thinking about that. <laughs> but <laughs> the next conspiracy, again, goes back to Henry Paul, who was the driver of the car and that he intentionally crashed it, which... I don't like to think about, but it's plausible because people do things for a lot of different reasons. Um, he was head of security at the Ritz, and so he's very trusted by Dodie's family. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy conspiracy theorists say that he also worked for security services in France or the UK. Um, people believe that he wasn't actually drunk, yeah. that... Um, this lie was spread to cover up the murder and that his body was switched with to a different one for so that the toxicological, toxicological results would look right. Toxicology. Let's just... Toxicology. But there were people saying that he wasn't acting drunk early in the night um, and he had more money than he expected, like expected for a security worker in France in the UK. Um, but I think that this is, like, kind of, like, whatever. But I think the whole switching bodies, way too much work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Just... What makes this one really intriguing to me is mm-hmm. that he, his, the results came back that he was three times over the French legal limit um, for alcohol. Yeah. So that's a lot of alcohol. He would have been acting very drunk. He would not have seemed normal. Normal. Um, there's also drugs found in his system. So just the combination of that, he would not have been in a position to mm-hmm. seem normal. Like someone would have noticed and hopefully would have stopped him from driving. Yeah. You would hope to think. Something that really goes back into that more money than expected for being a security guard was that he made about $35,000 a year, but he had over 250000 in his bank account 
and a large sum of cash on his persons when he died, which is, like, that amount of money is, like, questionable anyways. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think that's, like, a big amount of money. Like, I imagine he's been doing this for a while and, like, saving really well, but also, like, $35,000 a year isn't a lot. Like, mm-hmm to live on like if he had a family then that's like nothing yeah and i don't know if he had a family I, or yeah, not and we don't if know he his if he didn't like it wouldn't be unusual that he had these savings. savings yeah so i don't think it's that weird i mean it is a large amount of money but like also not at the same time um that former mi6 officer richard tomlinson he's back he's back take everything that he says with a grain of salt said that he had seen paul's file and confirmed that he was an informant allegedly um to quote he says henry paul who was the driver of the car was also the security manager at the ritz hotel and he was an mi6 informant i saw his file said tomlinson who he told two reporters at the time quote it's been well established that he went missing for two or three hours the night of his death end quote so whatever that means and there's no we haven't in our research we didn't find anything else to like really give um an alibi for this mm-hmm yeah, so our last take that as you will. Yeah, take that as you will. But our last theory is what bothers me the most is like, you know, this was an injustice to her that she, her medical care was not adequate. And, you know, the first call to emergency services was at around um, 1230 a.m. And the first ambulance, the ambulance arrived at the hospital at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. And the defense that the recent investigation gave for that mm-hmm. is that in France, um, emergency um, medics are told to treat them more at the scene instead of trying to get them to the hospital right away. Which okay. is different in the U.S. and the U.K. where we try to get them to the hospital right away. Yeah. To me, it's still... I mean, with someone who's such a, like, a high-caliber person, you would think they'd want to do all that stuff in private with no paparazzi around. Yeah, and with the injuries that she had, you, you just couldn't treat those without... Without proper lighting and sanitation. Like, there's just so many things that... With even, like, the tools... They couldn't have had adequate tools at the scene. Yeah. To no. treat. To and treat I think her. maybe what took so long was maybe getting them out of the car. And they were in a tunnel, so they it would have been hard tunnel, to get so that's to. Difficult. So, like, there are a lot of things to it, but I think that it was unfairly difficult. Yeah. And it said that they even passed a different hospital on their way to the hospital that they brought her to. It was just so weird. They say that the first top hospital didn't have the right equipment to treat that kind of trauma, which if maybe it, true. If she had that bad of injuries, then they should have been focused on getting her to the hospital right away because they yes. sh- wouldn't have been able to treat those at the scene if they can't exactly. treat them at a hospital. Oh well, you know, it, unfortunately, but <laughs> she's dead. Yeah, so there's something we can do now, but it's. It's all just really frustrating. But you know what? 
unfortunately it happened and and it doesn't take away from any of the accomplishments yeah, that she did she really person. Uh, she just really defined what it means to be it. a modern royal Yeah, but if you guys want to do your own web sleuthing for this, again, I will mention this every episode. Look at Reddit. Literally the best for all this kind of thing. Um, but we didn't use that for our citations. But um, what we found a lot of our information from was the independent uh, McSweeney's. Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest, USA Today, Good Housekeeping. Business Insider, um, Britain, I can't pronounce this, Brit and New Britannica. Zealand. Britannica, that's awkward. And the New York Times, um, Oprah's Magazine, History.com. Yeah, History.com. So please like feel free to like look at these. We're going to link them in our description. Um, all really interesting articles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they some of them go through Diana as an icon some of them go through her biography, a timeline of the night. Mm-hmm. The ones that are more focused on like her um, biography, like her, are like Good Housekeeping, Good Housekeeping, Business Insider, Britannica, and the New York Times. And then the timeline came from Oprah and History. And then the conspiracies came from um, the Independent, McSweeney's, Reader's Digest, and USA Today. So those are our sources. Please. Feel free to look at those, um, adjudicate yourselves, and thanks for listening, you guys. Um, this was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. For more cold facts, hot takes, check out TommyMedia.com. I'm Kayla Mayer with May McFarlane. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.